this is season two, babe. Without the kazoo. Yeah, it's where you get on Zoom and you spread your butthole. It wouldn't be season two if I didn't fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to the new and improved Split Screen Media Podcast. We are back for season two, and uh, we're sorry it's been so long. We've, We've missed you guys. We've missed doing this, but here we are. We're back. We're ready to get rolling. Uh, with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Chris Blankenship. Thank you so much. It's glad to be back. Season two, baby. Season two, baby. And with us, I mean, it feels kind of right that you would be here for the beginning of season one and now for the beginning of season two. Mr. Joey Baden, how are you doing today? Thanks for having me back. <laughs> I'm doing so, good. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about today. I think first and foremost, we want to discuss why we've sort of been away for so long um uh to be frank with you guys technology problems (laughs) we my uh laptop that i recorded all of season one with is now it's sitting over there it's pretty much dead uh it'll like function for about 10 minutes and then it turns off so it's kind of useless i had to wait to get a new computer but now that's all set up i have a new webcam which is somehow shittier than the old one so we're gonna work on that too (laughs) um but yeah we were just waiting to sort of get back in the action um a lot of the editing and a lot of the Photoshop work I did on that laptop. And when it died, we sort of lost the ability to not only record, but upload and make thumbnails and do all that. But we're back. We're good to go. We should be back every single week, just like we were before. Um, yeah. And Chris, do you want to add anything? Just sort of like, I guess, why we were on a brief hiatus. Uh, I mean, uh, right after episode 26, uh, we had a couple of COVID scares. Um, I don't think anybody actually got COVID, but uh, some of us were sick and some of us had been close to people that got tested positive and stuff, but uh, it made it a little hard combined with the technology problems. So you guys might notice that this looks a little different. So we have uh, a new logo that you guys will see on screen. Um, The editing might be a little bit different um, that you guys might notice and maybe a few jump cuts or uh, just some more things on screen. So hopefully um, you guys enjoy that. And we didn't waste a lot of time taking this time off so yeah it's definitely going to be a little bit more um i don't want to say professional (laughs) but it's definitely going to have a a couple things here and there uh chris and i are going to add um a couple images or maybe some videos to add context to what we're talking about if you're watching the youtube version um we felt like that might be uh an improvement or something because i know i get a lot of uh feedback from people being like oh i like what you're talking about i don't know what you were talking about it was interesting but i'm not you know maybe as tuned into the world of video games or movies or tv shows so i didn't really have the context so that's something that we're going to be working on um as you can see here our our titles of our videos are no longer going to be all caps Uh, we thought it was maybe a little aggressive (laughs) from before and we like to be chilled out here this is a chilled out podcast we want you guys to you know sit back eat your snacks on your lunch break or fucking i don't know wherever you're watching this on the toilet we don't care Driving um, to work, I don't... yeah just wherever wherever you can get it is uh you know we're just glad that you guys are watching and that you're back for season two yeah and then also like chris said the new logo so that should be you should see that not only on spotify but also on the, the youtube thumbnails and the main youtube page in general all right yeah let's talk about e3 um what do you guys want to do you want to do like general thoughts first because we missed e3 last year well we didn't miss it it was canceled right um 
and then this year it was all online. So the last E3 we had was 2019. And uh, yeah, what'd you guys think of this year's E3 overall? I'll let one of you guys go first because I didn't catch a lot of it. Uh, uh, all right, I'll, I guess I'll start. Uh, I'll say um, uh, I think there were some like really high highlights and some really low lowlights. Like uh, some of the developers that did good did really good, and some of the developers that did bad did really bad. <laughs> and we can kind of go into more details from there. Uh, there were a lot of big surprises um, from one company, and there was more of the same from another. Uh, but both were good at all, all in all. Um, but I, I was I was happy with what I saw. <laughs> I'll definitely agree with the um, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I think I, I think we can probably say this from the get go. But uh, so or not Sony. Sony wasn't there. Um, <laughs> Nintendo and Microsoft had the best conference. Um, yeah. Ubisoft had a couple highlights he, here and there, mm. and everything else was garbage. Absolutely, um, <laughs> there wasn't. I was- a single other good thing in that entire convention out of those three things. Everything else, without any sort of, oh, maybe this was kind of good. No, everything else was trash. <laughs> there was, I was going to say, my, my opinion on it, I didn't really catch a lot of it, but um, the stuff I did saw that was great was fucking amazing. And then there was a bunch of garbage filler nonsense that I couldn't give two shits about just taking up time. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean that's kind of classic E3. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, it's, I, that's not new news, but no, it's that's to be expected. I think my one of my biggest disappointments was that some of the heavy hitters weren't there this year or going to have their conventions later. So obviously Sony yeah. has stopped going to E3 altogether, which is a bummer because they do their like state of play thing now, um, and they don't associate with that at all. And then the other thing that was missing, which believe it or not, I was actually excited about was EA's conference because there's a lot of Star Wars stuff coming out or that's like in development that I was really excited to hear about. And we, you know, their, their conference isn't until next month, I think. Probably line up close to Sony's because I think Sony's is in end of July. Yeah. It's, it's either, I think theirs might actually be close to the beginning of July. So it'll be like them. And then right after that is EA. Got it. Um, But those were like, you know, those are two, major heavy hitters in the games industry who just didn't show up yeah uh, and i thought that was really interesting but yeah square enix's conference was maybe one of the worst i've ever seen yeah um the pc game show one was trash the gearbox one was terrible i'll like, say the thing i like the tiny tina's uh, thing from gearbox but like I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a major Borderlands fan, but I'll, enough of it to appreciate that. And I thought the whole D&D thing was kind of cool. Um, but again, it wasn't enough to save their conference from how bad it was. Yeah. The DLC from Borderlands 2, um, I really enjoyed that. The Assault on Dragon Keep, I think is what it was called. Yep. Yeah. And so this yeah. is pretty much a build on that. So this is, uh, it's called Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yeah, I'm really excited i'm a pretty big borderlands fan so i'm excited for that but i mentioned there was a really cringy thing where the creator of borderlands was talking to uh uh, kevin hart oh man that was really hard to watch he's like all right can i go back to my trailer now like he just didn't he did not want to be there i don't understand how there were cringy moments in an e3 where everything was pre-recorded right like you somebody had to watch and approve this right 
Yeah, that made no sense. To me. And and to be fair, there was almost no cringe this entire E3 in terms of like the, the human interaction aspect yeah. of it. Um, but that was still there. I was like, just re-record it. Like, how is this a problem? Right. Made no sense to me. Um, but I do I have, a- have a list here if we got if you want to like just basically go through all of the biggest reveals and sort of give our thoughts on these games. Do you guys want to kind of do something like that? Connor, can I pose a question real quick? Yeah, go for it. You mentioned that um, uh, Sony and EA were out of this year's E3. Do you think this is the beginning of the end? Do you think more game develop develop? Do you think more game developers will pull out of like future E3s, like in the next couple of years? If you had asked me in 2019, I would have said yes. Um, but asking me in 2021, I'm going to say no because I think despite this year's conference maybe not living up to everyone's expectations i think people were overall happier with this year than years past because there is that lack of the weird like it's it's that corporate element where they try and throw in stuff to be relatable but it's all live and it just turns into a shit show (laughs) um this felt very well scheduled and it felt like it was like all right here's this thing here's this thing here and every conference was just games like whether or not they were good is up for debate, but people were excited to just see the games. And I think having the reaction that people had to the C3, which was, I think, you know, after Microsoft and, and Nintendo went was mostly positive. Uh, I think people are going to keep this going. I mean, this E3 has been going on for like 20 plus years. So I can't imagine that just because one company leaves, the whole thing's going to fall apart. And I really... To be honest, I hope it doesn't because I love E3 so much. Like even even the shitty parts of it, like every it just makes me so happy. And if I could kind of add on uh, some thoughts as well, um, uh, the past two years have been um, kind of COVID stricken. Of course, it's been a lot harder to develop games and stuff like that. So there's always a chance that E3 and or Sony uh, weren't able to get all they wanted to fit into the conference under their new time constraint of, of having to switch to remote work and under these uh, harsher conditions. So I think that them not being at the conference is more giving their employees an extra month to do it maybe, or they just weren't ready as quickly as the other ones were. Um, so uh, I think that might've played into it. So I would expect to see Sony and EA potentially come back into E3 once we're kind of back to new normal. I, I wonder if they will. I think when you have a couple of different game studios and publishers all under the same circus tent, so to speak, you're going, if there's a good game that's out there, you're going to compare it against other games that are there with Sony or EA's like own live uh, show or what, like their own live event. Mm. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. You don't have to compare those games to another developer's games and say, well, you know, this game from Microsoft was better than this game from Sony or whatever. There's no cross. It's just, if, if it's just, you're showing your content, you have the whole spotlight. If it's good, people are going to say it's good. If it's bad, objectively, it's going to say they're bad. Or if it's bad for what your game studio is known for producing, you know, I, I guarantee you verbatim, what you just said is what a Sony executive said. Right. Like, I, I can I can almost guarantee that that's exactly why they weren't at E3 because for them it had nothing to do with COVID. They dropped out of E3 after the 2018 because everyone online made merciless fun of them, especially during that Ghost of Tsushima event 
where they had that guy play the flute really bad. Do you guys remember that? We'll throw it on screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, if you haven't seen it, please fucking watch it. It is so funny. Um, but everyone, it, it, like exactly what you're talking about, there's a million clickbait articles every year of who won E3. Mm. And if you if if you're Sony and you're like, well, we're going a month later, no one's gonna be like, hey, I wonder how that compares to Microsoft's E3 event that happened a month ago. No one's gonna make those comparisons. So I think in that sense, it's really smart. Um, but I don't think Sony's ever going to come back to E3. I do think EA will come back to E3 probably next year. I, I, I think that's true. I know um, about this time of year, EA, well, not about this time of year, in a couple months, EA will be releasing their new sports, like franchise games and stuff. And so I think EA is always a great place to like push those Madden cover, sports trailers, things like that. I mean, they make other games too, obviously, but I think that gives them a leg up on, like getting those pre-orders early. Yeah. And EA generally, I think is where a lot of the surprises come from because, you know, Sony, you kind of know what they're going to make Nintendo. You kind of know what they're going to make Microsoft. You kind of know EA has a bunch of properties that you don't even know they own or that they have the rights to. Mm. So they'll come out with a game. That's just like way out of left field. Like, it's like, it's a game about the Burger King mascot. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense that they would make it, but you're like, okay, that's cool. I'm into yeah. it. So that's why, that's why I like seeing them at E3 so much. And I was disappointed that they weren't, they weren't here this year, but yeah, I think there were definitely a lot of games. I'm going to read off some of them right now. And I think we'll just kind of go down the list one by one. If we really don't care about it, then we'll just skip it. Um, okay. I'm sure there's going to be some of those on here. But the first one is a big one, um, and that's Halo Infinite. They showed a little bit more story, like a minute and a half, so basically nothing, which worries me a little bit. But the multiplayer looked fun, yeah. and it's free to play. I said multiplayer being free to play was pretty huge. I thought that was really cool to, um, to do that. Um, although if they try to sell Halo Infinite's story for $60 while making the multiplayer free, not many people are going to buy the story. <laughs> I think that's why they put it on Game Pass because they right. knew that was the case. So they're like, you get the story. If you got Game Pass, you get the story for free. Right. I will throw some statistics on who historically played Halo campaigns versus multiplayer and see, you know, give people some idea of uh, who's playing what. I can't I imagine the numbers are as abysmal as like COD because I know nobody, you know, a lot of people just boot up COD, turn on multiplayer, and they never touch single player. Yeah, that's what I first yeah. made a Warzone, which doesn't even have a story. <laughs> yeah, but I know Halo's story is a little more, I'd say, cherished, I guess, in the game. Mm. Like people really enjoy that story. So people also love speed running and stuff like that. I mean, like one of the like great videos is that guy who's got his uh, TV in the oven and he says, can I beat the Halo one multiplayer or the Halo one single player before my TV melts? <laughs> I've never seen that. Have you not? Oh, okay. Well, that would be, that'd be one for you to put up on the screen there, Chris. Uh, there's oh my a guy God. I've never heard of that. Halo one campaign on legendary while his TV is in the oven. And he's trying to beat it before his TV melts. Is, I have a question. Is he looking through like the door closed with a little light on? Yes. Oh he is. my god. Oh my god, you can't see anything. 
yeah and he's on a legendary while his tv is melting wow that's hilarious i, I fucking love that so much i'm not <laughs> but, don't spoil uh, it and, don't spoil it don't spoil the ending i'm not gonna spoil it i'm not gonna spoil it by putting it on screen but no spoilers here uh, i'm really but, curious uh, uh, j- just to say that that the single player is held fairly uh in fairly high standard uh to the point where people do shit like that <laughs> um, i think i think for cod if a couple years ago it was like only a quarter or a third of players actually played the campaign like they bought the game this was one like they had the multiplayer and story together only like a third or a fourth played the campaign which yeah. i don't think halo is is that bad numbers like you guys are saying but there are some people who only play it for the i, I mean i guess it's uh it's you know a good move you're going to see those numbers look a lot like COD for this new Halo. Yeah. I guarantee you nobody, because first of all, nobody likes the Halo story anymore because Halo 4 and 5 have shitty campaigns. <laughs> um, so no one gives a fuck. Like, I think I, the idea of an open world Halo, which I think is what they're sort of going for is cool. But I mean, let's roll it back to E3 2019 with maybe the worst looking graphics on a halo game i've ever seen when they first you know showed off infinite good old and, uh, i'll give them credit the game looks much better now they really put in the effort it doesn't look great and it, doesn't say, it look doesn't look next gen it doesn't look there's a couple moments that don't look great like the energy sword doesn't look clean like when he when it comes out you know what i'm talking about yeah it doesn't look clean to me um but there, yeah it's good not great it's kind of it baffles me that they would put this little effort into a Halo game. Like they're they're the staple of the 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 golden child of the Xbox franchises that they put this little time and effort into it blows me away. Right. I think the next game is not that, but it is something that I have a mild curiosity in, um, which is I think a lot of people's game of the entire show, uh, Elden Ring. People were yeah. very excited about that, and I thought that trailer looked pretty good. Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the what the uh, um, Game of Thrones guy helped make the Dark Souls type game. Is pretty much what it is, right? Yeah, it's the George R. R. Martin Miyazaki new Soulsborne type game. Um, and I, you know, I've never been into the Souls games at all, uh, but Demon Souls for the PS5 is really fucking fun. Um, and it's the first time I've ever gotten into one of those. I still haven't beaten it because it's hard as shit, but I really like I'm going to beat it at some point because I really enjoy it. Um, and, you know, if it's anything like that, like that sort of new direction they're taking it in, uh, then I'll be excited to play it. Yeah, so it looked pretty good. And I, I'm with you over. I don't particularly love the Souls games, um, but uh, I'll say the Elden Ring it looked pretty cool. Yeah. Like I get the appeal of them. I just sometimes I want to play a game to have fun and not punish myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's that's really what that is. If you like that kind of stuff though, and I you know, it's it's very competitive and you know, talk about speedrunning, that's one of the main games people do nowadays. So or are we saying that someone's gonna put Elden Ring campaign while they're trying to do it on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna put it in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> is uh is Elden Ring supposed to be as difficult as the Soulsborne games? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. 
it will be the same type of game, same type of if it imagine it's not. Imagine it's easy as shit, how mad people would be. <laughs> they give you just the weenie hunt junior version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um I wonder how you guys are gonna feel about this because I'm kind of Battlefield 2042 was shown off. They showed full gameplay. Um it looks like a battlefield game. I don't know. Yeah. I, I haven't played a battlefield in a while. I'll say it like Back when I loved Battlefield, they were a ton of fun, but I haven't played one in quite some time. Um, uh, it's cool that they're going towards the future. I think that that's going to be a lot more of a fun setting um, to do it in, but it's Battlefield. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it is Battlefield. The They showed a lot of vehicles and stuff, like the plane and the tank and stuff, which, mm-hmm. if anything, you can just have fun dicking around in those things <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean the game at least they showed like actual gameplay that was a big problem this e3 yeah. it was all like cgi pre-rendered trailers mm. um and at least they were like hey here's what you're gonna do in the game so i i respect that but i always respect that because you know if if i want to if i'm gonna buy a game i want to see what it looks like not what your bona fide movie production department put together to get me to buy the game right yeah and there's really there's only two games I can think of in, in, in history where I saw them at E3 and I played them and they looked and felt exactly the same. Uh, one of those was Titanfall. Um, Titanfall 1, fucking incredible game. <laughs> and then uh, Marvel Spider-Man for the PS4. Both of those looked and played exactly how they were dur- during their E3 demos. Um, yeah, I remember when Titanfall 1 came out. Uh, I think that was like the first one of the first games I played on mine xbox one and it was i loved it so much i actually just beat titanfall 2 like earlier during covid i need to go through and play because i didn't like the multiplayer as much in titanfall 2 but i wonder if there's still a a fan base on titanfall 1 i'd love to jump back in that game there is on titanfall 2 i was gonna say Um, it's like a cult following honestly yeah so many people every time that it goes on sale someone's like please i will give you three dollars to buy this game yeah that's so much fun that's how i found out about it like i stumbled across like that cult like titanfall 2 uh following or whatever and then Mm. i didn't play multiplayer i just played the campaign (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was a fun campaign that's another thing they might announce at the ea conference is uh titanfall 3 um so yeah that was battlefield uh this one there's really not much to talk about i know people are excited uh starfield yeah they had that um pre-rendered again the pre-rendered cutscene, but it's the new bethesda rpg which is just going to be like fallout in space um not outer worlds which is also fallout in space <laughs> i'm excited they called it uh the, the, the developers were talking about it afterwards um they uh um likened it to a han solo simulator and i was like that sounds pretty fucking awesome i'm super excited for that that does sound pretty cool um and, and I'm so excited that Microsoft bought Bethesda. Their games are only going to get better. Yeah. Um, everything they showed exclusive wise, besides like shit, no one cares about like Fallout 76 DLC. Um, <laughs> everything looked way better. So I'm, I'm excited to see the future of that company. Yeah. Cause like Bethesda games, like there are buggy messes, but they're always fun. But like being under Microsoft's umbrella with Microsoft's resources will just make them fun, less buggy messes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Give them a little um, bit more, a little more employees that they get, so they can fix some of those bugs and play tests and things like that. A hundred percent, yeah. Which is de- what they desperately need. Um, mm. and it looks like they're gonna get that. So, uh, the next one was one of the last games shown at E3. Um, 
Breath of the Wild 2, which is a, a temporary name. I'm sure it's going to be called like Skies of the Wild. They're going to change Breath to something else, and that'll right. be the end of it. Um, I can almost guarantee that, but yeah. it, it looked good. I mean, we just saw Link kind of do the Fortnite drop into three different places, and then the trailer ended. But... <laughs> battle, Battle Royale, Legend of Zelda. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> like you see him like flying. I'm like, all right, where's the bus? I guess he just. You know, Where we dropping, yeah, boys? That's all it will look like. You hear that? Whoa. They showed nothing else except for him like parachuting down, and I was like, all right, I guess that's the game. They did. The two things that interest me um, are his arm attachments because it looked like his arm got fucked up and he gets like a weird flamethrower thing. Mm. I was like, that looks kind of cool. And then the time mechanics, they didn't strictly say that they were going to have it, but you see that like drop of water turn from a puddle back into a drop of water. Right. Um, and then the music does a tenant thing where it's like all inverted for the whole trailer which I thought was cool too. So I think there's going to be some kind of time mechanics in this one, kind of like Majora's Mask, I guess. I know there's time stuff in that. Um, or maybe, I, don't, I haven't played them, so kill me, fans, why you, because I haven't played them. But Ocarina of Time sounds like it might have time travel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a component of time, I think, in all of I haven't played that either. But Breath of the Wild was fine and above average, and I'm sure this will be kind of the same, if not a little bit better, so um at the new avatar game was announced at ubisoft that was probably the biggest surprise of this entire e3 besides another nintendo one that i'm sure is coming up on this list yeah i was like i think that's the that was probably the second biggest reveal uh exclusively like just by shock factor because like everyone was like wait what and i think everyone asked everyone's first question was the good one or the blue people and they said the blue people but you're gonna like it yeah did you guys uh, ever play the first? Like they made a, they made, I guess when the movie first came out, they made an Avatar game. They did. I remember, I remember playing that. I don't remember what I remember about it. <laughs> I don't... You could play as the soldiers and the Navi. You could like switch between them. Um, yeah, I remember playing as the Navi. Like most, like that's what most of my memory is. And like there was a journal where you like could record. I guess you're a scientist, so that makes sense. Recording different things on the planet. Yeah. Fun fact about that game, too. When 3D TVs were big for five minutes, um, that game is 3D compatible if you have like the glasses or whatever. Hmm. Interesting. I. I... Yeah, they're not going to do that again, I guarantee you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was kind of a nothing trail. I mean, it was just, again, pre-render cutscene. Um, But, you know, I'll be curious about it. Oh, and here we are. We arrived at it. Chris, I wish I had recorded it and I wish you could cut to my reaction because <laughs> it was so funny, but oh, baby, it's- Metroid Dread. Oh, yeah. My game of E3 is uh, Metroid Dread, which was announced finally. It's been <laughs> 19 years since the last 2D Metroid and I am so fucking excited. I can't wait. It looks good. It looks really good. Um yeah. I I don't think I can have the same level of enthusiasm as you, Connor, because <laughs> you are like I'm, I'm not I've still as big. I've never as... played a Metroid game, so I can't I've... say it was so much. But I, I was excited for you to be excited. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, because Metroid Fusion is canonically Metroid Four, um, and that came out when I was seven years old, 
and I have been waiting for Metroid 5 again for 19 fucking years. And it's crazy to me that that it's been that long since they've made a 2D Metroid. But yeah, I mean, I am over the moon excited. They announced that they're, you know, they're still working on Metroid Prime 4, which I know is going to be fun. It's going to be great. But I am really, really excited for this one. It, it They also brought back the name Metroid Dread, which was a Nintendo DS game that was canceled in like 2005 or 2006. Um, mm-hmm. And then they, I guess, shelved it and then waited until the technology caught up with their idea. And then now they renamed it Metroid Dread, which is so fucking awesome. Blew <laughs> off the dust and just for you, Connor. Yeah, I really want you guys to play those games. Like, I would, I'll fucking send you my copy of Metroid Fusion but so you guys can play those. The last Metroid game I played, and I know, I think this is one that you don't like as much, is it was Metroid Prime Hunters on the DS. Oh, no, that is not a good <laughs> <laughs> Oh, honey. <laughs> no, no, you said no. your no, favorite no. Fallout was 76 to a uh, Fallout fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, I was, I was, I don't know eight nine ten twelve i don't know fuck it i was a kid i didn't know what games oh I no look i'm actually i'm wearing a fucking i'm wearing my super metroid sweatshirt Ooh. right now there you go was that planned it wasn't actually at all but <laughs> i yeah no i um i can't wait for that fucking game I, I it was funny watching other people's reactions because everyone was like i guess people online who didn't know about that it was called metroid 5 or like that's canonically in the 2d series that's what it was they were like, didn't they just say they were working on Prime 4? Why is this Metroid 5? Like, that was everyone's reaction. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's really funny that they would do that. Um, but fuck it. I don't care. As long as I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> that really saved E3 for me, honestly. That was, oh man, such a good if, uh, if E3 was three minutes long and it was just that, you would have been fine with it. <laughs> 100%. Actually, it would have been better because you would have cut out all the junk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And Nintendo actually had a lot of good announcements this year, um, which we're going to get into. Uh, yeah, but yeah. back into the shit, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish that like anybody else that wasn't exactly Square Enix was making it, because if exactly Square Enix wasn't making it, I'd probably be excited, but... It looks <laughs> awful. We all saw Avengers, right? We all saw the, the mistake that was Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, and this looks worse maybe i don't like it was so bad Connor it remembers looks... i bought avengers i played for because you got the beta so i pre-ordered it i played it i was like this game sucks and i canceled it yeah i have a i have a question is like the the main character supposed to be uh chris pratt's character because it looks nothing like him no i think they're doing like the we're trying to distance ourselves from the movies kind of thing yeah. oh, okay um I, there's like a slight resemblance but they yeah. got uh, they if they, so they gave uh, Rocket like a goatee. <laughs> Everyone looks a little different. Yeah, I think Rocket looks kind of cool. I think yeah. he's the only one that looks decent. Groot looks all right. But... Yeah, no, the Groot character like size are fine. The gameplay looks terrible. Um, because it's broken up into these weird sections and it kind of looks like a Dynasty Warriors kind of game, but it like like it grades you after every single like a like a weeb RPG game, like it's like S tier. <laughs> I'm like, this looks really bad. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was Marvel Alliance like that? Mar- no, Marvel Alliance was more like, um, 
I mean, it was kind of like a fun version of Marvel's Avengers. It was basically just like you got to choose from a list of heroes. There were four people in your party. Yeah. You just went through a bunch of different stages and fought shit. They they released the Marvel's Avengers or um, Alliance 3 for the Switch, and that was really fun. Um, I, I had it on like the Xbox. I'm talking about like an old one on the Xbox 360. Maybe. Yeah. It's been so a that, while. Those are, those are look fairly different from what this guardians of the galaxy game is going for i think okay never mind then um yeah i think maybe they were in their head they were trying to do that but i'm still not gonna get it yeah all right jurassic world evolution 2 i didn't even know this was announced so do we want to just skip over it yeah i i could care less okay um microsoft flight simulator i'll try it out isn't it'll be on game pass (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's, it's coming to Xbox. This is the new one that is currently on PC, right? Yeah, which is like photorealistic and I guess is basically just a map of the entire world, which is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's such a neat idea. Um, yeah, yeah, they if you if you want to look up um, like how they did it, it's actually really cool. Like all the GIS software and mapping and all, it's it's crazy. Um, it's really interesting to look into how they did it. I, you know what? Now, I actually haven't done that, and I really want to. So that that's my homework for this week, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely check it out. I don't know how that will translate to the Xbox, but from what I've heard about PC, it's pretty good. It's only coming to the Series S and X, so I think that's why it's powerful enough to run the flight simulator. Um, yeah, it is only next-gen, yeah. Yeah, only next-gen uh stalker 2 which i don't i didn't know what it was when i was watching it but it looked really good like graphically it looked good um so I, I remember um uh, i had a friend that was obsessed with the stalker series but it was only on pc for the longest time so i think this will be the first time it's coming to a console i'm pretty sure um it's supposed to be a really cool like um post-apocalyptic kind of super hardcore survival type thing um and this one just takes place in russia i'm pretty sure or maybe fake russia if they're trying to not piss off the russians (laughs) yeah it was like the trailer kept cutting between like a guy i guess in like the the negative zone or the neutral zone or something Mm -hmm. or the maybe the dark zone and he was like fighting monsters and then he it would cut back to him telling stories around the campfire yeah it was really cool oh you are a pussy and then it would be like him shooting a thing yeah exclusion exclusion zone is that what it's called possibly that sounds that actually sounds right um the danger zone <laughs> exclude yeah i just looked it up exclusion zone. exclusion zone okay cool um next up i think we can probably skip this the life is strange remastered and the new one no one care okay yeah we'll skip that yeah that's fine um this one's interesting i actually just bought the first game in this series because this was released and i'm it was like eight bucks at gamestop it was on sale um but mario and rabbits 2 was announced at ubisoft chris i think you were kind of excited about this one right dude yeah i got the first one on my switch and i i play with hannah and i love it it's it's like a fun game it's because it's like mario and rabbits and there's like some humor to it but it's also kind of like uh strategic in the way you have to like go about the battles and stuff kind of have you played it yet i haven't played it no i downloaded it on the switch and i haven't touched it from my understanding it's like XCOM mario right it's exactly like that that's a good way to describe it but it's it's really fun and um i, I don't know i i really enjoy it i'm really excited for the next one yeah so i guess 
pick up pick pick up the other one now because I had like two ten or two five dollar GameStop gift cards and the game was seventeen bucks, so I got it for like seven eight dollars, which I thought was a pretty good deal. I would I would say if it's under twenty, like definitely get it. I don't know what the current price is, but if it's on like the Switch store, if it's under twenty, it's definitely worth at least that. Yeah, brand new, it's twenty bucks right now. So if you can find it used, way cheaper. Yeah, there you go. Definitely recommend it. So that is coming out. Uh, God, it's so fucking <laughs> Far Cry <laughs> Six. I don't know if you guys are. I'm not excited for this at all. But I, I know Joe, you probably feel very differently. Yeah, I love Far Cry Six. Although I, I'm, I'm more excited for the what they announced along with that, which was the play as the villains, um, uh, DLC. Which I'm, I'm more excited for that than I am Far Cry Six. Not that I'm necessarily not excited for that, but uh being able to play as Voss, uh Paganman and um uh, Joseph Seed is gonna be awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, considering the last Far Cry I played was three. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played a little bit of four. Um, but yeah, when you saw that trailer of Voss like going through the television, like at the end of the third game, and then Jason grabs him and he's like, Peekaboo, motherfucker. <laughs> I was yeah. like, whoa, what? <laughs> Dude, remember, like, I, I, I literally, like, told you in, in, uh, and we were in college and Far Cry 3 came out, I was like, they should, like, they should make a DLC where you play as Voss and you go to America or something like that, yeah. uh, or, like, like, uh, um, you think that Jason won the fight, but you, obviously, when you're fighting him, you're high out of your mind, so you, Voss could have easily have won and you just thought he was Jason or whatever, it could have been the sweet plot twist, so, like, they also got me like the fact that I thought of this and then they made it a reality made me so happy. <laughs> if I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because I think this is a cool idea, I think they're gonna fuck it up because I think what's gonna happen is that you aren't gonna be able to play through a full game with them or even a full story. It's gonna be like the weird hallucination sequences from Far Cry's past, and you're gonna be locked in those. I think it's gonna be super linear. It's gonna tell like a two-hour thing and then it'll be over. I mean, uh, you're probably right, but like, I'm, I'm still excited for that. Like, at the end of the day, I'm still getting to play as a villain and just kill a bunch of people, have some fun, just kind of play a different style of game with the the series that I enjoy. Yeah, and Blood Dragon Remastered is coming out, which I actually was excited for because Blood Dragon is a fucking awesome game. Yeah. What do you guys think of the the like character modeling of uh in Far Cry Six of the the guy from Breaking Bad? Uh, Jenna Mark was it Gina Carlo Giancarlo Esposito I think yeah he looks bad yeah, yeah <laughs> it looks bad that's what I was hoping you guys would say yeah you can yeah, definitely but... tell it's him but it's not great so yeah <laughs> I mean it's a Ubisoft once a year like I mean they don't have a lot of time to work on these so I imagine that it's just like whatever we can throw together and slap a new coat of paint on yeah um let's see what else i love talking about this stuff by the way um it's almost like you should start a podcast about it connor <laughs> I'm, I'm skipping some of the stuff that i know no one like rainbow six extraction with the aliens i know no one gives a fuck about that wait alien what the shit yeah oh, i feel like i, I must have just skipped that trailer because i don't remember aliens at all <laughs> I, I don't care about rainbow six but okay here's a here's a big one um Forza Horizon 5. Yes. I actually thought that looked really fun. Um, all the stuff they showed for it. First of all, the game looks fucking incredible yeah, graphically. It looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
the Forza's all the Forza Horizons always look really good, and they're open world, so it's always a blast. Like what they do with it, um, but this one looks really really good. The cars look crisp, and like you have shit flying into the camera, like water and like the confetti thing, like when you hit pinatas or whatever, and the dust. It looks it looks really good. Um, this is like I always like get the Forza Horizons, and I'm really excited for this one. I've had a uh, car, like an arcade car game sized hole in my heart ever since they stopped making burnouts. And um, my club, my, my, my sweet child. <laughs> every, well, I'll say that ever since they stopped making burnouts and midnight clubs, I guess for some like crippling fear of making tons of money, but they stopped doing that. So I need something like that. And I think Forza might be able to fill that, that hole. Forza Horizon, not the regular Forza series. No, no, no. Not the Sim one, but the Forza Horizon where it's like more arcadey. Yes. Uh, I I haven't played Burnout or Midnight Club in a long time. Great fucking games. I think like after those stopped, I started playing the Forza Horizon games. There might have been like a couple year gap or something in between, but the Forza Horizon games are definitely going to fill the hole if you get into them. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to check that one out actually their conference in general convinced me to buy a series x because there's enough stuff coming out now for that system where i'm like okay now i want one now i see what you're doing um game pass is a fucking outstanding deal especially with everything that's coming out i was like oh yeah this is a that's an easy buy for me yeah i was gonna say like uh, it probably won't be on your list but just in general the fact that all all the stuff they announced that was going to be day one game pass just makes me so excited every time i see it uh although i mean i'm super excited for psychonauts too i'm still playing through that right now or playing through psychonauts one right now um and uh that I, they showed like they showed not enough to tell me anything about it but i was able to make up what the game's going to be in my mind and it got me excited for contraband because <laughs> that trailer was really cool and, it, and i was like is it seems like you're going to be kind of like a like a kind of like a smuggler like trying to like escape the law be able to get the contraband to the place in time or whatever i was like that sounds like it's gonna be a hell of fun game but they didn't show me anything because it's still in development it's funny you say that i had the exact opposite reaction to that trailer i was like oh my god another open world four-person co-op trailer with nothing in it that that happened like four times during the microsoft conference I was like, God, fucking shut! If you're not get, if you have nothing to show, don't show it to me because I don't care. Right. Well, I, I, just, I, I thought like the setting and stuff sound like it will be, end up being a fun game that I'll enjoy playing. But I agree that I was like, I wish they would have shown me some gameplay. So I'm just making up gameplay in my head that well, is going to inevitably disappoint. <laughs> yeah, I should specify. I don't care now. I might care later, but I don't care now when you're showing me nothing. So like, right. wait, wait until you have something and then show it to me. Um, but the next one, I think, probably gets. Not my game of the show, but definitely my trailer of the show, uh, Outer Worlds 2. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that trailer is fucking hilarious because it it so parodies or, or satirizes every other trailer <laughs> that came out from E3. <laughs> yeah, everything that we're making fun of right now with like the, the pre-rendered stuff, this trailer makes fun of, and it, it had me laughing so hard. Yeah, it, it kind of fit with the Outer Worlds uh, uh, theme as well, because they, they kind of, you know, Outer Worlds is a lot of a, a kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of game, so it was really funny to see them. Clearly, they're going to stick to the same uh, as they did in the first game, <laughs> stick to the same uh, style. 
Yeah, I, I, I think I'm definitely going to give that game another shot because I, I played it on my One X and it ran like asshole. Um, so once I have either the new Xbox or the new computer, I'll probably play it on that. Um, and then I'll, I might test it out again because the game was actually really funny. Um, it had a great sense of humor that I really liked. And uh, yeah, I just wish it ran better. Yeah. Um, let's yeah, see. I might play through it again on my X one of these days, but I'm so sucked up in all my new Steam summer sale games. <laughs> so that's it for this list. I, there's a couple more I want to go over just that I remember because there was almost nothing from Nintendo on here besides the two big ones. Um, yeah, where's, uh, <laughs> yeah, where's WarioWare? WarioWare, um, Advanced Wars, Super Monkey Ball. Super Monkey um, Ball. Yes. Fucking yes. There were there was so many. I mean, Nintendo wasn't like a slam dunk all the way because there was a lot of shit that was missing from that conference, including the Switch Pro. Um, but man, it was so much better than anything, any other conference they've done in the past like two years. Right. <laughs> Take away Metroid Dread. You still do you still say that? <laughs> I still think it was a good conference, even if you didn't yeah. announce that Metroid. I still think that there was enough there to keep me. Someone I think in- there was I think there was enough for everybody. Like there's a little something for everybody. Yeah. That is sprinkling a weeb shit, enough Mario stuff to keep people happy. The yeah. sports fans to get Mario Golf, uh like Mario Rabbit. A little bit of everything. A lot of Mario stuff, the Zelda stuff, the Metroid stuff, no Kirby stuff. No Kirby stuff. Yeah. No Pokemon. Which no I, thought, Pokemon. I thought they were gonna sh- I thought for sure they were gonna show um the Crap! What's the what's the the RPG one? That's Ar- uh, Arce- uh, Pokemon Arceus. Arceus, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think honestly they're just working overtime on that game because it looked so terrible when they first showed it. They really did, but yeah. I'm so excited for it to not be the same as it's been for the whole time. I'm just excited for them to try something new that isn't exactly Pokemon Snap or Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't they they really haven't been done enough experimenting with Pokemon. But I was like, please, just make it an RPG, please. And it seems like they're sort of kind of going towards that open world why, RPG. Why deviate from the formula when it already works? Uh, because you could make it better. <laughs> uh, because you're already making an ass ton of money. <laughs> yeah. That's true, yeah. But And clearly, they're still making it. I mean, it sounds like it. hopefully, if, if uh, it does well enough, hopefully it'll be a lot like uh, Metroid, where they have the Prime series and the 2D series. They'll do the old style Pokemon and maybe this new style Pokemon. I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that that was E3 this year. Um, I think I always say this every single year. Next year is going to be better. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow for sure. I think I think this year was was a pretty good like pretty good success. Yeah. 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 I, I I think it's definitely it's definitely better than some of the past years for sure. Um, Maybe. Oh, sorry. I, was, I was just gonna say maybe i think i've been like really cynical about things <laughs> like lately mm-hmm. uh but yeah this is this is this is nice well then i'll leave on on this note because i i think i said this to you guys before but it, it rings true even today like as you get older you do get more cynical things start to lose their magic or like you know christmas isn't as crazy as it was when you were a kid xyz but i still get just as excited about e3 as i did when i was like 10 years old you know, but I, I didn't even get to watch it then. I just had to wait for like the game informer to come out two months <laughs> later and then I could see everything. I was I was just about to say when I was a kid, I think E3 meant a little bit more because I got the 
game informer and would read like all the game news mm. and stuff yeah and you just didn't hear anything before that like there was no way for you to see any of the information before then right yeah but now i get to like i mean that's crazy to me i get to sit on, at, at my computer and i get to watch a live stream of it i get the news as it's happening like to me that's just so cool and it, it yeah. really does feel like a million christmases every time <laughs> I sit down to watch e3 and i'm always excited about it so keep and, going and, e3 i know they're the naysayers but you know i want to see it continue yeah, i was like and it was great about with your christmas analogy sometimes you get socks <laughs> and sometimes you get a bike you know <laughs> yeah no absolutely it's not always <laughs> it's a good, good analogy <laughs> You got your uh, your Square Enix socks, and you got your Nintendo bike. <laughs> yep, a hundred percent. Um, Joey, you uh, you mentioned Steam sales. Are you uh, what what have you got? What are you excited for? You too, Connor. I think you were getting on that train. Um, I've got um a problem is what I've got uh, <laughs> because I got a new computer and I've got a bunch of cheap games, but uh, um. I've been trying to go and get some of the old classics, some of them that I've missed just because I haven't had a computer and they're not on anything else. Um, kind of like that. Like, I mean, the portal games are on uh, the consoles, but I think that being able to mod them. So looking at a lot of the old games like that, um, I got uh, Payday 2 was a dollar and I love that game so much. Uh, so I was excited to play that with all the new updates on it and potentially pay the friends for a dollar. Um Oh my gosh, uh, uh, Valheim, of course, that we've been playing uh, for a lot. I didn't know if you wanted to. That was was this a wiki wiki transition into that, or yeah, was that a, was that a segue into Valheim? Yeah. Was it wasn't. I was the end. <laughs> well, I knew you were on the the uh, the Steam sales, and I was just curious because I haven't been. All right, on I was saying, and uh, I was gonna I was gonna bring up uh, Disco Elysium as my recommendation, so I was gonna save that one for there. <laughs> okay. Connor, did you were you done with the E three stuff? Sorry, I kind I don't didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, um, that was really all I wanted to say. Um, there was one other game that I thought was really cool, which was that 2D um, cyberpunk kind of pixelated one at the Microsoft show that I can't remember the name of. It's like resetted or oh yeah, restarted or something like that. Um, and it looks fucking awesome. I was like, I was eating up every second of that. Uh, but yeah, other than that, um, I think that was pretty much it. So yeah, I guess we'll do, yeah, okay. We'll do Valheim first then. Um, yeah, so I guess for anyone who doesn't know, because I really didn't know what this game was, I just heard it was fun, but Valheim is like a pseudo-survival uh, early access game that's on Steam right now, and it's on sale for, I think, 18 bucks. And it's kind of like, I mean, the easiest thing I can compare it to is Minecraft. You know, it's very, yeah. you know, build up your base, find materials, build shit, survive. Um, except this one is based on, like, Norse mythology, so yeah, like, you are a, a chosen soldier of Odin who's died but isn't ready to move on, I guess. So you're stuck in this place trying to defeat these creatures in order to please him and then eventually go to Valhalla. Uh, and it's really fucking fun. And I didn't think I was going to get sucked into it like I have, but that's all I've done for like the past three days is play Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I think your comparison to Minecraft is like that style of, uh, I need to go gather resources and then craft, you know, a tool or, you know, build a base or shelter or, you know, and there's different status effects that can happen. It's that kind of style, but like not the graphic style of Minecraft, but the kind of the core mechanic, like core gameplay mechanics of it. 
Um, but yeah, the, the graphics are pretty good. It is still like, they're still working on it. Um, but the game itself is really fun. And it's really fun if you kind of go into it and you don't know a whole lot and you kind of just explore and um, kind of figure it out as you go. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Because um, that's sort of how we started. Like, we had no fucking idea what we were doing. I thought it was more of a mission-based, like, oh, it's co-op, but it's a little more linear or, you know, whatever it is. But it, it's it's exactly like Minecraft where it drops you in the middle of a random world. It's like, all right, yeah. look for shit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and the worlds are generated like that. They're random, like their seeds and stuff, like the Minecraft stuff. Yeah. And you got your you got tutorial bird which which comes and talks to you every once in a while to help kind of um in, in a little different to minecraft where it actually can uh kind of help you understand a little bit better uh, which i like that they've got just uh, just enough information to keep you going um it's not just completely leave you to your own devices which is nice um yeah, but of course I... it even said like even when you're creating the world is it gave you the option to like turn off tutorials if you if you're going in for your 15th world and you're like get that bird out of my face yeah. i thought that like connor you said that it was gonna like, you thought it might have been like linear in the storyline and that's what i thought the like when i first started playing that's what i thought the bird was he was like the guy that you kind of talk to to progress the story so i was sitting there yeah. and like learning stuff and then eventually he just disappeared and i was like what do i do now <laughs> that's why i told joe i was like where do we go <laughs> like, what do we do <laughs> um yeah i'll say this also um just for anyone who's thinking about buying it it is not done the game is not finished it's in early access um so don't expect all the bells and whistles to be there don't expect it to run super well on your computer because it does not <laughs> um it's still very much being worked on i think they they put out a roadmap of like hey this update's gonna be here and then we're gonna do some patches here and there and then that's probably i, I think good for the next year or so um yeah. i know they fell a little behind schedule but yeah just just as a warning in case you buy it thinking like, oh, this is going to be fully finished and it is not. <laughs> but it is a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun, especially yeah. to play with like your friends and stuff. Like if you've did the whole Minecraft thing with your friends, um, like co-op Minecraft, it's like that level of fun. Yeah, totally. Agree. Um, yeah. That's really all I have to say about yeah. it. We want to go right into I was going to say, yeah, we can go into uh, Bo Burnham. Um, I mean, should we just give general thoughts and then kind of go a little deeper into it? Because I, I could talk about this for another hour. I won't because I know we, we're on a time limit, but <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. it I'm the host. We're going to do what I say. We're going <laughs> to give general thoughts. <laughs> so Joey, Joey, why don't you go first and tell us what you think? Uh, I, uh, it's, uh, I've, said many times before uh, i loved it um uh it's uh really a, a just a great uh thing a great i don't even it's really hard because i don't know what to call it because it's not a comedy special uh, there are funny parts there are really great parts they're really sad parts like it's honestly it's it's like an art film at this point but not like a super pretentious like you don't want to watch an art film but like a genuinely good uh thing to come out of this pandemic uh and uh I feel better for having have watched it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give mine next, Chris, because I think you might be, I think you're going to be like the the antithesis to what we're about to say. Um, okay. I think not, it's... Yeah, not completely, but yeah. Not completely, not completely. But I think, I think our, you know, this is where it might start to diverge a little bit. Um, 
I think it's the best fucking thing he's ever made. Um, for me, it's it's easily his best. But spe- I don't think it's his funniest special, but I think it's the best thing he's ever put out. Um, it's the best thing that's come out this year, and I really can't recommend it enough. Um, it's it's his, it's not quite a ten out of ten for me, but it's like so fucking like it's like a 9.5 it's it's all it's as close to a 10 out of 10 as you can possibly be with like the most minor of complaints that i could possibly have bringing it down slightly but holy shit it's a masterpiece so i'll start by saying like i'm not the biggest bo burnham fan i'm not like a big fan of like the musical comedy type of thing i feel like in normal stand-up a joke can fail and i'll be like all right whatever that just didn't land but like with the musical one for some reason like when a joke doesn't land it just it really crashes for me i don't know why and that's just a personal thing i don't i don't know why but so i and i don't find a lot of what bo burnham does funny um but i did like this special i did find it really funny uh in some parts in some parts i didn't um but I I, th- I think it was the, the idea of it was really cool. Um, like this whole COVID thing, like he did it productively. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> shit. We took a break from the shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's really cool. I like the idea of it. It, it shot pretty well. Um, there's a lot of cool uh, like things he did, especially for just doing it like every bit of this by himself. Like, for doing it by himself, this is, I, I have to give him credit. It's genuinely really, really good. Um, there are a lot of songs that are really good. There are a lot of songs that I've listened to like several times over because they're that good. Um, and there are some songs that when I was watching it for the first time, I just wanted to get through it. <laughs> um, so what were some of those songs out of curiosity? that I liked or didn't like that you didn't like I'm just I'm just curious as to like maybe what didn't land for you um I didn't really like the the white girl Instagram one or whatever um it was shot really well I just didn't I couldn't get into it I don't know um I I, I, I'll, I'll actually I'll explain that a little bit I think that topic of like the white girl instagram thing has kind of been overplayed like not to say that every comedy joke should be original but i feel like that's kind of like just a played out joke i don't know in my eyes i don't know i just i i wanted something maybe a little bit more i don't know if there's if there's if i if i may retort um (laughs) I think what you're saying is valid. I think what makes him take it to the next level is there's actually a part in the middle of the song that I think is really interesting where the whole, the whole song, um, the visuals are in a four, three aspect ratio to make it look like an Instagram photo. And there's a moment in the song where he starts to get a little bit more heartfelt from uh, his persona of being like a white Instagram girl. And he starts talking about uh, like he's pretending to write a fake post, but it's about this fake girl's mother passing away. And as he's giving the speech about, oh, you taught me so much. I wish you could see where I am. The aspect ratio changes to fit 
the full screen, basically as you're getting a grander view of her real life, you're, you're seeing how she really is, not how she posts on Instagram. But then at the end of it, when she's like, oh, and I wish dad was here too. And it starts to shrink. And then he immediately goes into like, like uh, a Starbucks cup a da, 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 and it goes back into it and then it shrinks again. And then he starts doing kind of the stereotypical stuff. That's what I think makes him stand out above other musical comedians or, or people who use that style is you get something that's like, oh, okay, this is pretty funny. But then he sort of deconstructs it to its most basic level and tries to find some, tries to elevate it by doing that. And I think that's what the special does best. I don't think I noticed the, the change in aspect ratio. So maybe that's part of why it didn't land. Gotcha. Yeah. No, because if you didn't but, see that, I could understand it. Because especially if you're just listening to the song without the, the funny visuals or he has where he's, you know, mocking like the type of Instagram posts uh, that, that, you know, I guess white girls would have. I think no, I, I was watching it and I saw the visuals. And like I said, like there was a lot of like the like projector and things like that that were really cool. I just didn't see the ratio changing and connect it to the type of post that, you know, whatever he was singing about it and that as it changed or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. Those dots didn't connect for me while I was watching it. So that's why it kind of fell. And I feel like maybe that's just my ignorance watching it of no, like not picking it up. Not, not, not that you're like, like saying it like that, but yeah, because you're 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 allowed to be like that song fucking sucked, and that's your opinion, and that's totally fine. I just I wanted to explain why I thought that was maybe a little bit better than what um, I thought it was a little deeper than what you were giving it credit for. I suppose you're right. It wasn't as deep. Or I'm sorry, it, it, I wasn't giving enough credit. Um, that being said, it, you've changed my mind a little bit. I, I will give it a little bit more credit, but I still don't think it's like the best thing, you know, that God put on this earth, you know. Oh yeah. It was still one of the weaker songs on the whole, the, during the whole special. I would totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, welcome to the internet and that funny feeling and both yeah. of the Jeff Bezos one and two. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to the internet was definitely my favorite. I think that one was so good. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, th uh, I think like, I think my scale for what I liked is like, stretched out from yours so like connor what you liked like i'm also probably gonna like like welcome to the internet and all that stuff i think they're really good and i'll give it credit for being good but the stuff that's weaker like i'm i'm not gonna be in it as much you know gotcha yeah i mean i th i definitely think the show it only got better for me so i think maybe some of the even like the beginning opening songs weren't like like facetiming with my mom was like yeah it was fine yeah that's one of the weaker ones too it definitely did get better as it went on i will say that yeah and then by the end i was like i, I mean i was having a full fucking meltdown by the end of it <laughs> like, yeah it also I, like oh, oh sorry i was gonna say as the as it went on though like more like themes connected i did pick up on those more themes connected about uh you know everything that he's putting together but sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no no i was just i was just gonna say i was fucking emotionally exhausted by the end of it because it really yeah. it kind of beats you over the head with um you know i i'm sure that a lot of people felt maybe not as isolated as he did during the pandemic and i i don't even think i felt as bad as he did like i <laughs> there were moments for sure where you know your mental health definitely takes a hit but i mean a lot of what even comedically 
what he was doing felt very real in sort of pandemic life like the like the sexting song um i felt like that was very akin to like what was happening if if you had a significant other that was living further away or you know whatever the situation was um you know i think he was able to find the humor in that and then there's a part after the intermission where i think the show stops being funny entirely but not in a bad way like it gets really really meta really sad super fucking depressing and i think the ending is just out of this world amazing um when he finally goes outside and realizes that he's still trapped within his own persona and his own special but there's this whole through line about him wanting to watch us he's saying there's a part in the song where he's like next time i'll sit on the couch and watch you Mm -hmm. so even though it's his own life um he's able to find humor through the pain like when he's trapped and he's trying to get back inside the house and it cuts to him and he like smiles a little bit and then it ends i thought that was fucking brilliant yeah oh that was like the house is on fire um uh call me i'll tell you a joke or whatever too and then like where he, he flips it at the end please tell me a joke <laughs> like kind yeah. of fitting in that same thing he, he always does a great job of um stuff that seems kind of irrelevant in, in the beginning of a show ends up making it to the end song or something like that. Like he, he does a really good job of bringing back jokes or something like that to uh, deeper meanings and stuff like that. I, I immediately uh, compare it to what where he does the bow. Oh my God. And turns it into the song and all that kind of stuff. The, the Twitch stream, I think is a really good example of that where he's watching, you know, his own life and pretending he's a Twitch really well, by the way, he fucking yeah. nailed yeah like the whole twitch streamer vibe but that was sort of a, a a taste of what's to come with him watching himself on the tv at the end um and making light of his mental health and his situation um really i just i can't fucking recommend this thing enough like I, it's it it i i wasn't expecting much going into this even though i love Bo and i've loved his other two specials I just I I didn't really know what to expect, but it certainly wasn't this. This you know blew away any sort of notion I had. I want to say as well, real quick. Uh, so you'd mentioned that like yeah, obviously this pandemic se- like it seems like being trapped inside kind of affected him a lot more than um, it affected you. You were saying even yourself, you didn't feel as lonely as it so- sounds like he did. Um, and uh, we got to kind of put that into the perspective of uh, in our daily lives pre-covid we interacted with you know 10 20 15 30 people on a a regular basis you know um he was constantly going up on stage and doing shows in front of a bunch of people and he became he's like his daily life was interacting with hundreds of cheering fans you know or thousands of cheering fans so for him to go from thousands of cheering fans to nothing i can see where that would be pretty taxing on you that's a that's a pretty big uh shell shock and I know he had actually stopped doing specials because uh, he was having um, um, was it anxiety on stage uh, for a little while on stage. Yeah. yeah, and he even brought that up during the special where he almost came back and then COVID hit. Yeah, and I mean that's uh, that's very much a part of Make Happy, his second special, where he talks about being addicted to um, being addicted to wanting to make people laugh. And mm. there's a line like, "I hope I get." I hope you get more out of this than I do, which I always mm. thought was really interesting. And then that is very apparent in this special that right. he was getting more out of it than the audience was. 
Um, and it was so important to him, in fact, that going through something like this was extremely taxing, which is so sad, too, just because he talks about how much better he was getting. And then something like this happens and kind of throws you for a loop. I mean, everyone felt off during this, obviously, but. Yeah, I really felt for him when he was talking about, like, try telling a joke to nobody. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, like, that, I thought, like, that was like, that is pretty, like, if I just go into the living room right now where no one's there and I just, like, tell a joke to a wall, I'm gonna look like a psycho. And he just did that, but while on camera. Yeah. Or, you, I mean, he, the special looks like it took, like, a year and a half to two years, right? Because the, the, I think that was the, what seemed to be the film process. So he had to tell jokes to an empty wall for an hour and a half. Or for a year and a half, I should say, not an hour and a half. <laughs> not to not to discredit him, but he was putting it together and he knew that people were going to hear those jokes, though. Like, if you go in your living room and say a joke and truly nobody hears it, you might be a psycho. But he was doing it in front of a camera, putting the special together. Right, but, like, you know, where, where you normally you would hear a laugh at the end, but, like, I can even see that, like, recording is, like, even, like, every time you watch a Netflix special, you're watching them telling it to other people and you're hearing people laugh. You're just watching it after the fact. But this is yeah, like, he, there's no crowd to laugh when you're, you don't know when you're supposed to laugh and stuff like that, you know? Well, he edited <laughs> in that laugh track. And right. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, if you want people to laugh at your jokes, sure, you can do that. <laughs> right, right. You know, there's a, there's a moment in this special too, like around the halfway mark where he, I think it's like right after the turning 30 song, um he still has on like the headlight and he's like uh i'm just gonna keep working on on this forever i don't even know why i'm fucking talking right now no one's ever gonna see this i'm just fucking talking to myself like i'm gonna work on this until i'm dead like because he didn't want to release it because he felt that this was the only thing keeping him going right um so i mean there probably was that thought during filming of like this nobody will ever see this because it's a fucking mess and to a certain degree this special is a mess yeah. but it's also a perfectly paced mess it's so bizarre yeah it was, was, like, it was a say, mess on purpose it was kind of showing like his brain almost yeah, yeah it's, it's the creative process for sure there definitely are moments where he's you can see like him wondering if he'll finish it if he'll release it if like some of these bits i'm sure he probably recorded bits that didn't even make that final piece so for sure i mean yeah, maybe I do take back a little bit what I said about like telling a joke that no one's going to hear because he probably did tell jokes that no one's going to hear. But I think he assumes, he, you know, a lot of those jokes or, you know, the, he's putting together this this final piece that he wants people to laugh at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool because it, like some of the time, like there's a couple of times during there that you see him like kind of say something and you can't tell that if it's him genuinely saying that or if he's saying it for the special, which I think uh, kind of adds to the to the special a little bit where you can't tell what's genuine and what's not which i think uh like there's the like where he like knocks over the camera he's like fuck god damn it he's just you know like he's gets so angry at the camera and you can't tell if he's genuinely angry or if he just did that as part of a bit and uh it kind of helped uh it certainly helped show him going crazy but you can't tell if he was fake crazy or real crazy <laughs> yeah that's absolutely true um I don't really know what's next for him. Yeah. I don't even know if he's going to do anything else. I, you know, I mean, we get a Bo Burnham special once in a fucking blue moon anyway. So <laughs> I just, you know, I, I savor what I can, but I, I it's going to be hard for him to do something better than this. 
I really, I genuinely think this is like the best thing that he's ever done. I know he's going back outside again. Uh, I saw I'm on like the, the Bo Burnham subreddit and uh, somebody mentioned that they, uh, they met him in New York city. He was out in a convenience store with his friends. <laughs> so he's got, he's back outside again. He's no longer inside. Uh, Do you think so he it starts doing shows? Uh, maybe it might be a little bit, but uh because, I mean, he doesn't, technically speaking, he doesn't, as far as we know, he doesn't have any material. He just recorded and released his material. So, technically speaking, he doesn't have any stand-up material right now that we know of. <laughs> yeah, because comedians generally go on tour at one of the dates they record it, and then they put it up on Netflix afterwards. Because if someone, if everyone saw the stuff before, then it wouldn't be funny when you went to go see it live. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he might have some new... St- I wouldn't count on it, though. I wouldn't count yeah, I on think, it. I think he focused on the thing, and we're going to have to wait a couple of years before he starts doing stand-up. I hope he does more stand-up and does more specials, but um, I don't I don't expect it within the next two, three years. Does he do... I mean, he, he probably does his musical bits. That, that can help, like, add time. Not to say that he's adding time to his, like, his live shows, but... I mean, like, welcome to the internet. Like, he should probably play that at his next show. Like, a lot of people would be anticipating that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's possible that he goes back and plays some of the, uh, you know, plays uh, goes through his catalog and like just selects a couple to play. But I, I've never been to a live show of his, so I have no idea how they go. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I yeah, I I, I really think that. Uh, this is going to be it's it's sort of a landmark comedy special and i wonder how this is going to affect comedy specials in the future if at all because i mean this was sort of like it, it was a moment in time kind of comedy special and now that you know we have i mean joey you and i have tom segura tickets in september so now that everything's back to being live again will we see something like this ever you know i, I don't know yeah uh, no one else really released any comedy specials. Like it's none of the none of the big names that I know of at least released many comedy specials while they were in COVID. It was just kind of like two years without comedy. Yeah, and I mean, even if you, I don't, I don't know anyone who does, but even if you absolutely hated this special, you have to understand that it's, or you have to at least admit that it's unique. Yeah, there's really nothing else like it, um, which I think is what makes it so special. But yeah, I, special. <laughs> you guys know that I don't, you know, give nine out of five or, or, or nine out of five, nine point fives to shit often. Um, so go fucking watch it. <laughs> I really there was more stuff I wanted to get into with the special, but I don't for anyone who hasn't seen it, like I don't want to ruin any more. Like yeah. you, it really is yeah. something you should go in knowing as little as possible. So, you know, if you if anything we said interests you or you think or you just like Bo Burnham in general um, from his past work, then I would definitely recommend it. But with that, do we want to get into some recommendations? I think Joey, yours was already kind of <laughs> spoiled. but <laughs> Yeah, I'm cool with that. Are we starting with mine since mine's already a little bit spoiled? <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, go for it. Sure. So uh, uh, as mentioned previously, uh, uh, I have, uh, as um part of the steam summer sale i got a game called uh disco elysium um which is nothing like what it sounds like uh it is the most bizarre rpg i've ever played in my life and i can't stop playing it um 
it's one of those games where I feel like the less you know about it, the better, but you should at least know the basic concept that you're a detective that has uh, amnesia and you're solving a murder, but you have so strong of amnesia, you don't remember or understand the basic concepts of life any longer. Um, so like you, uh, somebody gives you a phone number at one point and you don't know what a phone number is. Uh, for reference so you're, you're trying to investigate a murder while also trying to learn your own history and learn about the world and it's a different it's not earth necessarily it's not like the current times we live in it's this whole new society uh new races new uh cities new history this kind of stuff so you kind of you as the uh as you the, the video game player and you the character are learning a lot of stuff at the same time simultaneously uh so it's uh, at least for a really uh interesting role-playing um experience uh and uh what kind of got me to play it was uh, well, i was looking up some of the best games on pc and that one pop was on the top of the list so that was pretty good and i saw that um uh, IGN did two different reviews on it uh, for the first review of the first release of the game they gave it like a 9.7 um, and then they released the final cut which was uh, they added voice acting to the entire game um, and they gave it a 10 out of 10 and that's not something they do very lightly so I felt that I needed to buy this game and it was finally on sale and I was like I'm doing it and I have not regretted it I've already got I think 15 hours into the game and I bought it three four days ago <laughs> uh so I've, I've been really enjoying the game um uh it, i don't know if it's for everyone but if anything i said interests you um uh it's my personal opinion it's worth the play is it just on pc uh i think it's also on playstation but i think it might be on everything but i don't know it's not xbox i think it's just playstation okay they do they do playstation pc ports a lot i don't know why but yeah it's weird considering that game pass is all on pc but like there's no like sony game pass on pc so you, you think that the marriage between those two not those two whatever yeah no they'll just drop shit on there randomly like horizon or uh you know i think god of war maybe i don't remember the other one but yeah like there's there's a ton of shit that's also on computer now yeah um, but uh but that, that's my recommendation uh disco elysium be an amnesia detective and solve a murder <laughs> cool Chris, you want to go? Sure. Mine is uh, Luca. It's a it's the new Pixar movie that's on Disney Plus. Uh, came out like a couple weeks ago. Um, it's it's like a really fun. It's like a Pixar movie. It kind of follows the same like storyline that every Pixar movie follows, but it's uh, it's cute. It's funny. Um, it's family friendly. Uh, it's definitely like a good date night movie, which is how I watched it. But um, if you have I wouldn't recommend like you go buy a Disney plus subscription for it, but if you have one um, it's free on there. So I would definitely check it out. I won't spoil too much because, but cool. And that's like, it's, it's like, he's a, a mermaid man thing. Yeah. So the, the, <laughs> the, the basic concept is that he's like a sea monster underwater and he's got like his little family of sea monsters and, um, when they go to like land or like their surface is what they call it. Um, they change into humans. So if they get wet, like they turn into sea monsters, if they're dry, they're humans. And so they go, um, well, the kid's really curious. So he goes to the city, um, as a human and, uh, 
the whole concept of like getting like water on you is really well done in my opinion like there's rain or like just a, a fountain that splashes you or things like that so he has to hide it um and there's like more to the storyline but i don't want to get too in, into it but that's the basic concept you are describing the little mermaid <laughs> <laughs> except with uh, the water thing is actually kind of a neat twist i like that um mm-hmm. but you can't you can't get wet at all so like he gets like a drink of water and he's like oh fuck and then he turns into a on the outside so like i guess it's just oh. on skin contact okay but... gotcha yeah interesting yeah. okay but i mean I, I it's definitely one of those ones i was gonna um check out of it. and it's on disney plus right it's on disney plus uh, i think they're just gonna keep it on there i don't does disney plus do the thing where they remove movies they did it with if it's in theaters they do i don't think this went to theaters i think it just went directly to yeah disney. this is streaming only it's not in theaters I don't know if they plan on removing it or not. Okay. It came out June 18th. So if they keep it on for like a month, maybe watch it before the middle of July. Unless you hear otherwise. That's awesome. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that one. Um, well, I guess my recommendation is just me wanting to explain what this is in the background here. Cause it kind of, because as, as you aptly put it, Joey, it looks like I, I broke into a child's room from like 2005. Uh, but I yeah, have... You're in an orphanage. And they, just, they couldn't afford the best stuff, so they got all that instead. Yeah, they got all this. Um, basically what it is is like a retro game um, section for my room. I have... I found like one of those little shelves that uh, has like the four divots in it, whatever, the little cubbies. And in each one, there's like a different retro thing. So I have my... Wii and my GameCube in one of them, and then a sixty, a Nintendo sixty four in the other, and then I have a PlayStation two, and I think that's it for right now. The other corner just has like DS games and shit like that in it, um, and then it has an old TV. And on top, I actually have my Tron Legos that you got me, Joey. Nice. And then um, a bunch of two D Clone Wars action figures, and then like a bunch of pops all around that. So that was really fun to set up, and it's nice to be able to play those old games on like the tv it was meant to be played on um it's fun to have like all that retro tech kind of all at once is that is that the cat too is that the the lucky cat it is yes yes <laughs> the chinese yeah <laughs> i think i also got you that as a gag gift for a birthday or a christmas that's awesome no i have so much shit up there um it's mostly like spider-man pops because that's what i love to get but uh <laughs> yeah and then i kind of want to well, no, I, I'll only do one. But yeah, I was going to show my computer too, but we'll do maybe do that another day. <laughs> but yeah, I, w- I guess I don't know how it's a recommendation. I would recommend you set up a retro station, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, thank you guys for tuning in. This was a lot of fun. I'm really glad that we're back, back in action. We're doing this again. Uh, sorry, there was a brief hiatus for those who watched every week. We apologize, but here we are. You get more of us every single week now. So, and this episode was a little bit longer. So, there you go. Um, be sure to subscribe if you guys haven't already. We, you know, like I said, new video every week. Uh, hopefully, from here on out, that'll be the plan. Um, we're gonna post more on Facebook and definitely on Twitter, and then maybe start doing Instagram stuff. But I wouldn't, you know, count on that right now. Um, Chris, is there anything else you want to say before we head off? I think you got it all 
definitely keep up on the social media and subscribe to YouTube and ring the bell for notifications and leave a like if you liked it. Yeah, absolutely. Joey, thank you again for being on. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Joey. I hope y'all do a, a, a Bo Burnham sequel. It'll be the white man's podcast uh, <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. White people talking about things still. <laughs> we have sea bass on here sometimes. We have diversity. <laughs> and we mentioned this last season. We were, we're pretty diverse. Yeah, we might be the most diverse YouTube channel out there. I don't know. It's all white people. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, thanks for having me. See you guys.